This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hey guys, welcome back to the Lost Start of Communication podcast. I'm Trisha here with Molly. Today we are going to be talking about texting styles. I have every confidence that approximately 100% of the people listening to the show today have sent a text at some point in their lives. There are so many benefits to texting and it makes things very convenient and quick and we can stay connected all the time. There are also a lot of things that go into texting and interpreting text messages that our parents, for example, never had to worry about when they were growing up. And uh, so today we're going to talk about the different ways that we text and how to try to avoid miscommunications, misinterpretations while we're sending those text messages. I think that since texting is such a major part of our lives. Now it's the main mode of communication. Um, there's going to be so many more miscommunications with it because it's how we mostly communicate and it's a less all-encompassing way of communication too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've listened to any of our other, other previous episodes, you know that communication has more to do with just words and texting is just words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's missing all of those other nuanced parts of communication, like your body language, like your tone of voice, um, and those little quirky things that you do as a person are all basically missing from texting. And you can add some flair and personality to texting, mm-hmm. but some of it can be lost in other people, and it's so much easier to be misinterpreted. Yeah, it's like if you and I send the exact same text message, it could either be interpreted exactly the same or it could be interpreted completely differently. And what's tricky with communication in general, a lot of it's about reading between the lines, and with texting, there is literally one line. And the a lot of the danger comes when we read too much into text. And so that's a lot of what today's episode will talk about is what's the right balance, which is something we're still navigating ourselves, but trying to figure out the balance between how to be an effective texter as well as how to interpret those text messages without taking everything the wrong way. I think before even getting into that is even thinking about the different texting styles of our people we text all the time. Like, I think almost everyone I text, I know their style, and it's all not very different, but there are different styles with a lot of different people I text. Mm-hmm. Like what? What are some examples of texting styles? Um, well, thinking on the most prevalent people I text, one of my best friends is really funny. She texts me with a lot of um, punctuation, that's the word, like exclamation marks, um, and she's very grammatically correct, and she sends texts line by line by line. So if she's going to send me a long story, it's line by line, so I get like 18 texts, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Oh, just kidding, it's just the day that she's having, and I want to hear about it. Um, but knowing that, like, if I get a text from that friend with 18 things on it, I'm like, okay, it's just a story, and I'm not freaking out, and like, whatever. Yeah, I have a friend like that, too, where it's like, if I hear my phone go ding, 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 I know that it's her because even she'll be like, hey, next line, how's it going? Next line, blah, blah, blah. And so it's one at a time, whereas other people 
tend to type huge chunks and send all the information in one long message. So that's an example of a different style. Definitely. Um, and I think another thing to point out in that style is like the punctuation that she uses. Mm-hmm. She's very um, expressive in that. So like if she's excited about something, there's 12 exclamation marks. If she's pissed about something, there's a period. And I know that period was intentional and it meant something that she is mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is such a good point because I know Molly and I used to have a roommate in college who was so kind and so thoughtful and so nice, but we would text her and she's a very short texting style. She'd be like, okay, period. And for whatever reason, that period at the end of a text has come to mean someone's angry, but not always, not everyone interprets it like that. Some people think, okay, I said, yes, period. That's the end of my thought. And so I remember back in college, Molly and I would be like, do you think she's mad at us? What do you think about this? Until we eventually talked to her about it and we realized, nope, that's just her texting style. She doesn't see the need to add an exclamation point if she's just saying, okay. And, but doesn't mean that she's not bubbly and enthusiastic in real life. That's just the way that she interprets texting. So I think one of the big things we can do to avoid miscommunications is to really think about the people that we're communicating with and think about their own texting style, just like with anyone's communication style. It's easier to tell what a person means if you know them well and you say, okay, historically this person has never used a period at the end of a text message. Maybe this time it means something or maybe they always do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a good way to think about it is like thinking about that person's texting baseline. Mm -hmm. What is their baseline like? If there's any difference of um, communication styles in that, there's probably meaning behind it but just knowing their baseline and knowing like no this is how they always text if they include a period and they always include a period the period does not mean anything if they're always super bubbly with 12 exclamation marks and then they put a period I don't know (laughs) yeah and so what I think is really important about this is once you know someone well you have that luxury of having that baseline but if you're just starting to get to know someone and you don't know their texting style yet, my biggest piece of advice would be don't be quick to jump to conclusions. Don't assume that their texting style is the same as yours. Don't assume that because they're really direct that it means they're upset. I would say when you're first getting to know someone's style, take it as take it for what it is. It's a neutral thing don't assign a tone to the text because you don't know yet what their typical tone is and I think that's so important when how you said assign I think that's what we do is when we get a text I read it in that person's voice Mm -hmm. and I'm assigning what I think their tone of voice and body language might be it's so funny if I Mm -hmm. like if I'm hashing out a text, we all do this. If we hash out a text with someone, um, I'd be like, oh my gosh, he texted me this. Here's what he said. What did it mean? Yeah. Yep. And I'll read it out in the voice that I think that they sent it in. So say a boy said, um, hey, sorry, can't make it tonight or something. I would probably read it like, hey, sorry, can't make it tonight. And I'd be like, what the heck? He was so rude. <laughs> well, he might have meant... I'm really sorry. Like I can't make it tonight, and he's yeah. actually sad, but you didn't exactly. have exactly. 
Yeah, and I, I just didn't know. Maybe he was in, like, a middle of an emergency. He said, hey, sorry, I can't make it tonight. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what is going on around him, what his body language is doing, what his situation is. Um, yeah. So. Huge point. One of my biggest pet peeves is when someone assigns a tone to me that is not what I intended. I remember mm. very particular instance back when I was in high school and this was over texting was just starting to be a thing and so we texted but it wasn't as prevalent as it is today and I remember we had a group it wasn't a text but it was over Facebook Messenger and my friends for my birthday my like 17th birthday or something gave me an easy bake oven as a joke because I really love to bake and I said something in this group message about, like, guys, when are we going to use my Easy Bake Oven? Half joking, because, like, I knew it was a joke present, and we were never going to actually get together and bake things. And I was just, in my intention, I was so lighthearted, and it was just a joke. And then my friends, like, went off on me, and they were like, Trisha, you don't understand that we're not actually using your Easy Bake Oven. It was just a joke present. We're not actually going to get together and bake with your Easy Bake Oven. No one wants to do that. If you want to use it, you can use it. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that is not what I meant. Like, it was literally just a joke. And I tried explaining that to them. And I was like, guys, I was just joking. And they're like, stop freaking out. Calm down. Because this was all over messages. And what bothered me most about that is I was like, okay, you guys saw a message from me and you assumed that my tone of voice was that angry and upset. Do I come across generally as an angry person with like this huge attitude? I didn't think that I did. I still don't think that I do. But for whatever reason, that's how they interpreted me over that message and that was really insulting and offensive to me I was like you guys should assume that I'm being so sweet and nice because hello no I'm just kidding (laughs) but but it was a joke and so they took it way too seriously and so that happens a lot like that's happened other times where I've meant something totally innocently and it's been taken as like an attitude that's so funny it's funny too how like when the one person assigned that tone of voice to you everyone's like yeah yeah Trisha calm down stop and they're like that must be how she's speaking like that's insane and I mean listeners you don't know Trisha but she is the sweetest like (laughs) person I can't imagine ever telling Trisha to calm down because I can't imagine her needing to be calmed down Oh, I was a little bit more of a spaz in high school, but still, like, some people told me to calm down a lot, but it wasn't usually, like, calm down because you're so angry. It was calm down because you have an exam and so you're anxious. <laughs> but anyway. Oh so That's so interesting. But I feel like that stuff, kind of stuff does happen so much and, like, it might not be over an easy bake oven. It might be over something way more serious and it's like, mm-hmm. well, crap. <laughs> yeah. So in that case, they knew me well, and they still gave me the wrong type of voice. So that's why it's really important to not over-interpret text. It's so easy to overanalyze and think, well, what did he really mean when he said this? Or what did this emoji actually say? Sometimes emojis can be ambiguous, too. You don't know exactly. It could mean one thing to one person and something else to someone, to whoever's receiving it. So... As the recipients of text messages, one thing that we can do is try not to overinterpret 
And if we are confused about like, you know, I can't really tell if this person's upset. I think it's okay to say that. Say, hey, I can't really tell based on this conversation. If you're upset with me, are you sure you're okay? Totally. I think that's so appropriate to do. And it needs to be done because if not, people assume that you're mad and want to bake easy bake oven treats with you. And (laughs) don't. (laughs) Even though that sounds like such a fun time. I know I'd be into it, Trisha. But um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely expected and appropriate to ask for clarification over text because if not, again, you're assigning what you think their tone of voice and body language look like, and then you're assuming what their meaning and you're putting in 93% of their communication on top of what they're really just saying is the 7% of the words. I don't know if that made Mm -hmm. sense, but... Only 7% of our communication is words, so you're assuming the other 93% of it. And most of the time, maybe not most of the time, sometimes you're getting it wrong. (laughs) That being said, there's a lot of room for error. Texting is obviously not a perfect science, and so it can be efficient, of course, but we need to go into the conversation knowing that, hey, a lot of what I say could come out the wrong way. We, when we're texting something, can think about it in one way and have one energy to it. But if we don't convey it to the way that that person is going to pick up on all of that energy, then our whole message can be changed. And so it's really important to know, to not expect too much from a texting conversation and to know that if there's something really important that you want to talk about, it's probably best to do it in person or on the phone. Mm -hmm. And that seems probably so scary because I think a lot of my friends nowadays, I only feel comfortable talking to them through text. I would never call them. I feel like that's so uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it is important to either like, like thinking of maybe like coworkers. If I'm texting Mm -hmm. them about something, I would never call them. Maybe like waiting until work to clear something up and talk to them in person. I had a recent experience with a coworker where I only had a few minutes before my next session and uh, there was I was wanted to explain something that had happened and I texted him saying hey can I call you for five minutes we can chat about this it'd be faster than me trying to explain over text and he said you know honestly like I think that's going to make me too anxious can you just do it over text so I explicitly asked him if I could call and he explicitly said no and here's why and so I of course wanted to respect his feelings and so we had the conversation quickly over text but since I was rushed and since it was still over text and so many of the elements of communication were missing it ended up being totally misunderstood he misunderstood what I was saying I ended up being blamed for something that I didn't do and it wasn't until like a week later when we spoke on the phone about it that everything got cleared up and he apologized for misunderstanding and so it's not always up to us sometimes we have to text so in that situation I tried to call and it wasn't up to me and I had to text and then there was miscommunication but that can be a lesson for next time When I say, hey, do you mind if we talk about this? I know that if it's a situation like that, I'm not going to explain it over text because it's there's too much room for error. And it's an important conversation. And I didn't like that for that whole week, I was being thought of in a way that wasn't reflective of what actually happened. Hmm. That's really hard. I think that's really good, though, that you asked to call, too, and didn't throw him off. But, like, uh, I wish that's so frustrating that you couldn't talk on the phone and figure it out because... 
again, all those nuances and miscommunications wouldn't have happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, it was fine, and it, we're both very open communicators, so it ended up being totally fine, but it was just that one extra step that could have been avoided if we had just picked up the phone and had a five-minute conversation, and then it would have been over. Yep. Um, I've gotten into fights with people over text, too, and mm-hmm. um, it's really funny because sometimes I'll, like, see it coming, and then I'll just keep going over text so like if I kind of feel a fight coming or someone brings up something over text that I know is going to cause a fight Mm -hmm. um a lot of times in the past I would just like fight over text Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but now something I try to do is say something like or just call them or just say this isn't useful over text like we have to talk in person because it's not like fights just don't work over text it everything Mm -hmm. is misconstrued and it's just it's not worth it at all yeah and so one big one thing that people often think is so great about texting is that it's so fast but honestly I I've come to realize lately it's so much more efficient to just pick up the phone and say hey I'll be there in five minutes than saying like hey when can I come I'll be there and just picking up the phone and calling it makes everything go a lot faster and also you get to say what you mean and not have to worry about it being misunderstood Mm-hmm. Totally. It really is a lot faster. Um, yeah. And there's so much more, obviously, a deeper connection. If I'm having a problem and I'm texting Molly about it, yes, it makes me feel better. But if I call her, it makes me feel a million times better because I get to talk about it instead of just Aww. writing about it. Yes. Um, I recently had or got a boyfriend, which is very yeah, weird yeah. to me. <laughs> Um, but got one like I caught him out of the ocean. <laughs> Real to men. Real to men. <laughs> but anyways, obviously our relationship started off through texting. Um, and that was probably the first like two months. No, I don't know. For a first good chunk of it, we were texting like a lot during the day mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, texting each other like throughout my work day and just updating each other and telling each other stories blah 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 texting if we were going somewhere like I'll be there soon la di da di da um and then one day I forget what happened but like he called me to say he was close and I was like oh my god I'm hearing your voice over the phone this is so weird um and then one day he called to like catch up on our days and I was like oh okay we're doing this but once we started calling each other um our texting went down during the day but now we talk like for an hour each night to catch up on each other's day and it's so much more connecting I think and you can just feel so much more of their energy and truly kind of get deeper into conversation with people and hear about their day and just it makes me feel way more connected to him when we talk on the phone and things like that like I was very upset for example last night um and instead of just texting him being like I had a really rough day like da 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 I like called him I was like hey I need to talk to someone yeah (laughs) and we got to talk in person and I felt a lot better afterwards but it wouldn't have been the same over text and it wouldn't have gotten to that depth and I wouldn't have felt as connected either at all Mm -hmm. and so a really important lesson from this that hopefully people can implement themselves because it's easier said than done but Molly how you said the first time that he called you you kind of freaked out a little and you're like oh my gosh this is gonna be awkward and weird how does it feel now when you call him or when he calls you I feel like 
it's not weird at all. And I feel like if we're just texting, I'm like, just call me. <laughs> like, I want to talk to you over the phone. Exactly. So you built up that level of comfort that wasn't there initially because naturally we're so just in the day and age that we're living in, that kind of thing is scary to us, but it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And so for anyone out there who the thought of talking to someone on the phone scares you, it's worth trying and it's worth doing. And I'm really glad that he, in your case, your boyfriend took the plunge and made that call because it takes, someone has to do it. Otherwise you're going to end up just texting. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, like I mentioned before, it doesn't always work. I was talking to someone recently and they were asking me for advice and I said, call me if you want to talk about it. And we ended up just texting for a while because they didn't want to talk on the phone, I guess, but it would have been so much more efficient to just talk it out instead of trying to go back and forth. And I ended up being up for like three hours trying to help this person when we could have had a 20 minute conversation. Oh, that's so frustrating. Um, yeah, but it makes it so much easier talking on the phone and getting all that kind of stuff across. And honestly, I feel more connected when I talk to someone on the phone because Mm -hmm. I can't portray my humor and my, um, just little quirky things that I do over text as much because it just doesn't work. And conversations go longer over conversation. If, I mean, over phone calls, if you want them to, like sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll be texting someone that I like and the conversation will die because it's like, "Mm, how was your day? Good. Cool. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, mar, mar. But over phone, you can be like, how did your day go? Oh my gosh, this crazy thing happened. I'm not going to text this long story, but I'll talk about it. And mm-hmm. it makes you feel a lot more connected and stuff. Yeah. Another thing I want to point out is that since it is so scary to talk on the phone, a lot of times people use texting as they're kind of hiding behind a mask. It's easy. And so sometimes we can be really funny and witty over text and then we get in person and it's not the same. And so that's mm-hmm. why it's really important to be comfortable, to start to expand our comfort zone and to increase our comfort with talking to people. Yeah. I think a piece that's a huge factor in that is you have the time to craft a text. You have the time to really mm-hmm. like, what is going to make this, say you're like starting to date someone, be like, what is going to make this person laugh? What is going to make this person like me? I need to refer to five of my friends to make sure this text is good. Or if you're texting um, like someone to make plans, you can like really sit and like think about it, which sometimes can be really good, Mm -hmm. but it loses, like you're saying, you lose your skill in real time to like Mm -hmm. be a better communicator and be witty and be communicative on your feet yeah like it's not as easy in person anymore because we have so much time over text Mm -hmm. so just one other note on that if if it's still feeling scary and you're like yeah that sounds good in theory but why should I actually do that or I know I'm not actually going to do that it's worth doing especially with your romantic partners because I just read an article in psychology today that said couples who text frequently, the more you start texting, then the other forms of communication, like talking on the phone or speaking in person, actually go down and become less frequent the more frequently you text. And then the people who reported texting more frequently also reported being less satisfied in their relationships. And that probably has to do with the fact that, as Molly mentioned, you're less connected over text. You're not sharing the same thing. And so if you want a happy relationship, happy friendships, happy social life, it's worth the first uncomfortable phone call because know that after one or two times doing it, it's going to be so simple and easy and you won't have to think twice about it. 
Mm-hmm. Totally. I like that article summary a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there was much more to it than that about our attachment styles and texting, but we won't need to get into all of that today. <laughs> so let's also talk about, besides texting styles, meaning the actual content of the text or the way that we send it, what about the frequency with which people text? Mm, I feel like that is the biggest headache over texting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, why don't yeah. you go into it, Trisha? So a lot of problems can happen if someone, for example, sends a text and doesn't hear back when they feel like they should. Or there are people who text back right away. And you start, again, you start to learn this about people over time. There are people who tend to text back right away and people who tend to wait days. Again, going back to what we were saying before, don't read too much into things. I think a lot of problems happen when someone sends a text and they expect to receive a response within a certain time frame and then they don't get it and then they take personal offense to that. He or she is not texting me back because he or she hates me or they're ignoring me. When the reality of the situation is that people have lives and their whole day does not revolve around texting you or responding to you. And often I feel like when someone's expecting me to respond right away, it's coming from their own sense of entitlement that I need to stop what I'm doing and respond to you. Now there's a balance to be had here because we also do want to acknowledge the people that are reaching out to us and not be flaky in that. But for talking about the the first element of it, which is remembering that other people have lives, for me, for example, I'm very explicit with my friends. They know that when I'm at work and I'm working with a client, I'm literally face-to-face with the person who is paying money to have my undivided attention for an hour. I physically cannot pick up my phone and text you back. So if you don't hear from me for five hours, it's because I was back-to-back with clients and I'll get to it later. Then they understand that because I'm explicit with them. If I didn't tell them that, they might get offended, like, why are you ignoring me? Blah, blah, blah. It was really funny when I first started dating my boyfriend, it, um... I have the same kind of job where I cannot respond from 3.30 to 7. Like, mm-hmm. I cannot. There is no way. Mm-hmm. And at first when I started dating him, he was like, we we were doing that thing where we texted all the time and la-di-da-di-da so frequently. And then at 3.30, I would just stop. And for a while, he was like, what's happening? <laughs> it's because I wasn't, like, explicit with him being like, hey, I can't text between these times. Um, and then he was explaining to his friend about like how much we text or something. And he was Mm -hmm. saying, yeah, we actually text a lot, but except, except between like 3.30 to 7, we can't text during then. (laughs) I'm like, yes, good job. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) like once he knew that he was like, oh, it's not me. It's not whatever. It's like, I cannot be available during that time. Exactly. That it's not me. I think that a lot of problems happen when people just take everything so personally and forget. On to the other end, though, most there is a lot of truth to the fact that people are glued to their phone. So if you're not in a situation where you're with clients or you're in a doing something where you literally can't be texting and you see a message and your phone's in your hand, don't wait three days to respond and then lie and say, oh, sorry, I just saw this. Everyone knows you didn't just see it. 
you probably saw you just it, re-saw and you it. Respond. <laughs> so just be honest, like, oh my gosh, I forgot to respond. That happened. Or, I don't know, just don't be flaky. So actually, right before me and Trisha just started filming this episode, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about texting, and last or yesterday, I had a really busy, hectic, emotional day, <laughs> and my mm-hmm. friend texted me that she just bought a house, and I did not respond. <laughs> like crazy person but then I texted her right before we started this and I was like hey I was in the middle of my sessions and honestly I just forgot to respond but I'm so excited for you um but that doesn't make so that's a really important thing to point out is it doesn't make you a crazy person you were having a really hectic day and of course you're happy for your friend but you didn't have the opportunity to stop and do that or maybe you did have a few seconds but you weren't fully present and that's okay this is a challenge that Again, people didn't have in the past. We weren't expected to be on call 24-7, which is what texting is. And that's that's a lot. I think something that I have tried to do in the past but have not been successful with, um, mm-hmm. I think it was one of my New Year's resolutions once or twice, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was only check your phone when you know you have time to respond to a text. Because mm. I am on my phone a lot. That's something that is a really, really bad habit of mine. Um, and... I'll be either scrolling through Instagram or whatever, and I'll get a text and I'll like push it back up, just being like, I'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a good strategy or kind of skill to start developing is only be on your phone when you have time to communicate with someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless you're using your phone for another thing. like True, yeah. Like right now, if I got a text, like, because over we're doing the podcast but me and Trisha are also facetiming like mm-hmm. if I were to get a text that doesn't really apply in that situation but um but that's a good that's a good thing is keeping you know make sure that you're texting when you have time yeah to think about it and then those kind of like three-day passing things don't happen as much <laughs> mm-hmm. or I know someone who every night before going to bed he'll like check all his texts and oh, make sure to respond smart. at the end of the day. So that way you know like you're, it's going to be answered eventually. But then also I think this comes down to the person specific. So, for example, if I don't answer my mom's text within a certain amount of time, she's going to be worried about me unless I explain, like, hey, I have work. I literally can't text you right now. But if I wait all day long to respond to her, she's going to be worried. So out of respect and because I know her, I'm going to re- respond right away. Whereas if it's another person, and this is where you want to pick up on other people's texting styles, if it's someone who tends to wait days to respond to you, then I don't feel that sense of urgency to respond to them right away because they're not expecting it. They're probably really busy, and that's okay. It's, again, about not taking things so personally and remembering, yes, maybe they're doing it intentionally, but the reality is everyone has busy lives and has things going on that... They're probably not sitting around saying, I'm going to wait three days strategically to text this person back unless you're in some kind of unhealthy relationship where that kind of happens in dating sometimes. Um, This whole conversation reminded me that I wanted to ask you something, Trisha. um, So thinking about dating, this stuff I feel like happens all the time where you start texting someone off of like when you're starting to like flirt and maybe had like a date or maybe not like before the very very early stages of dating um Mm -hmm. 
I've gotten a lot where someone will not respond to me and then they'll respond to me like a day later like, hey, sorry, I'm such a bad texter, um, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And I always think about it so much because I'm like, oh my gosh, he doesn't like me. Bad texters mm-hmm. aren't a thing. Like you're just putting on a facade for like just trying to ghost me slowly and painfully. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think that goes back to what we were saying before of, well, two things here. One, try not to take it so personally, but then from that person's end is not lying and saying like, oh, I just saw this or I'm just a bad texter. Be honest about why you didn't respond. However, I think there can be some truth to that. I have told people before, because personally, I'm not a big texter for conversation unless it's a person who I know I won't be talking on the phone with and that's really our only means to catch up. But I prefer texting to make plans or texting to find to clarify something, but usually quick things. I don't like sitting on my phone texting back and forth. And so I've told people like, hey, I'm not a big texter in that sense. And so then what happened one time as a result, it was this guy that I met and I said, I'm not really a big texter for conversation. And so he would call me. And then I remember he called me so much that one time I texted him and he was like, you lied to me. You said you didn't like texting. So he really took what I said to heart. But I think certain people are not good at texting. So Molly, in that case, if someone says something like that, like, oh, sorry, I'm not good at texting, then you could say, all right, why don't you give me a call instead? And then Mm. you can figure out if they're legit, if like they actually just don't want to communicate with you or if they really just don't like texting because they're like me and they find it a little tedious and time consuming when it's a lot faster just talking phone. Yeah. I think sometimes when I get that text though, it is kind of like a, um, an excuse that it's instead of saying like, I didn't see this, it's sorry, I'm a bad Mm -hmm. texter to kind of cover their butt for future instances Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um because I could do that but like thinking of the early stages relationship of like one date um I feel like I'd be uncomfortable being like call me (laughs) that's true I I actually so I think there's some basic etiquette that people need to follow so even if you're not a good texter like for me for example I don't love texting but if I'm just getting to know someone I know that that's kind of the style these days and so I do it for the Mm -hmm. sake of the the etiquette and the norms the social norms so I think that's, I mean, you don't want to overinterpret what this person's saying because mm-hmm. maybe they really aren't just a good texter. But then I would say, if you do meet up with them again, talk to them about it and say, hey, just so you know, for me, like this is my texting style. And so I just want to know what you're comfortable with. Totally. And I think my mind totally jumps to that place of like, he's slowly ghosting me. <laughs> yeah. But and so, uh huh. I was just going to say, but it might also be that thing of like, um, they may be not a good texter or maybe they're not interested. I just want to know either way. So like bringing it up the next time you see them is really important to like, Hey, um, I noticed it takes a while to text me back. Like, is it that you don't like texting that much? Or is it that you have a certain time of day? That's like impossible for to text like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it that you're not into this? Like, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. say that, but like <laughs> <laughs> read between the lines too. Um, And also that's on that person to tell you if you don't like them. Side note. (laughs) Exactly. So two thoughts on that. The first one being taking things 
personally, like we mentioned before, there's so much anxiety that comes with texting and waiting back for a text and things like that. So honestly, in my opinion, I think it would just make everyone a little more at ease if you assume from the beginning that they're busy, they have their own lives, it's not about you. And if you assume it's not about you, then you're going to go living around, living your life happily without all of this anxiety instead of questioning every little thing. And then if it does end up being about you, you can deal with it when that time comes. But if you start from the beginning over interpreting everything, think, oh my gosh, he didn't do this because I did something wrong, you're going to drive yourself crazy and you're going to increase your own anxiety, which may or may not be relevant. And then my second thought on that is if you are in a relationship with a person or have a friendship with the person or whatever kind of rapport you have with someone that you're texting with, I think it's very important that if their texting style isn't satisfying you, if it's not, if thing, if it's causing problems, it's really important to be explicit and to say, hey, I want to text every morning when I wake up saying good morning. And then if the other person is not receptive to that, they're find some way to compromise so that you're both happy. Because there, I think a lot of this is about matching texting styles, which is something we do in person. When we communicate, we match the other person's communication style and speaking style. But you want to kind of match the other person's texting style while still maintaining the balance of staying authentic to yourself and your own style. But it should be a compromise. You should both be trying to match each other. Mm -hmm. Thinking about my friend who I mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, who's very, very always excited. I know mm -hmm. her perspective of if she receives a text from me with like a period or something that I'm mad as well. So I match her texting style, not to the extent that she does, but I will like usually include an exclamation mark knowing that she will mm -hmm. perceive it in a different way. If I don't, um, I try and match things in that way. And then also time wise too. I try mm -hmm. and um, match a little bit more. And there's usually, like, an explicit conversation about it, too. Um, so yeah. that always it, makes it a lot help, more helpful. Yeah, and there doesn't always have to be. So, for example, people that I know that text back immediately, I have no qualms texting them back immediately. But if someone texts me back, like, once every few days and I text them back immediately, it feels weird. It and does so feel do weird. That. And but also, like... That's something I have a pet peeve about, though, is, like, usually I'll text back immediately in those situations because I'm, like, I'm not going to play this game of, like, mm -hmm. you waited two days, I waited three days, you waited four days, I waited seven days, you waited a month, I waited a year, it's been 12 years. Yeah. Like <laughs> I hate that. It's such a power play, especially it is, in, yes. like, dating. And people are, like, I can't be the first. If they waited seven minutes, I'm going to wait nine minutes. So that's something that I started doing. And actually, when I first started dating my boyfriend – I would have those times where, like, it would be that 3.30 to 7 period, and he would have texted at, like, 4 or something, and I couldn't respond mm -hmm. until 7, and then when I did, he would text back right away, and I was like, oh, gosh, he's obsessed with me, but I was like, no, he probably just had his phone on him at 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. after work, and I just got off work, too, and he wasn't doing the thing where he's like, oh, well, she waited three hours. I'm going to wait until 10 p.m. Like, that would have sucked. Mm -hmm. We would have messed out a whole opportunity to talk. Yeah, I think I would love to just dispel the notion that texting back right away means you're obsessed with the person. Yes. Because it doesn't. It means that our phone was in our hand. So both two sides of this. One, if someone texts you back immediately, it doesn't mean that they were sitting around waiting for you to text. 
It, it might, but it means, probably doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it might, but it probably means that they were holding their phone, looking at Facebook or Instagram or doing something else not related to you, but their phone was in their hand anyway because that they happens They were probably a lot. just stalking your Facebook page. It's fine. <laughs> or, but to the other end, if someone doesn't respond immediately, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're purposely ignoring you or not responding to you. It probably means that they have a life and in that moment they're not on their phone or they're with other people and it would be rude to respond to your text or they're at work and they can't text or they're sleeping or they're in the shower or they're at the gym or they're doing something where their phone is not on them. And so don't, in any case, don't read too much into it. Take it for what it is. This is when this person texted me. Here's when I'm going to respond. Don't plan out. I'm going to respond strategically at this time. Respond when it fits your schedule. Mm-hmm. Totally. Snap, snap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, texting is complicated. <laughs> it really is. And it's crazy because... There's so much room for we, interpretation. <laughs> so much room for misinterpretation. Yes. What were you going to say? I cut you off. No, I don't know. <laughs> so what are some take-homes? So given that this is so complicated and there's so much room for error, what are some take-home strategies that we can give people? Hmm. I think my biggest take-home is to not have heavy, deep conversations, not heavy and deep, um, fragile conversations over text, ones that can be easily misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. Do try and avoid having those over text. Those could be something mm-hmm. like what Trisha explained with her coworker, like a situation mm-hmm. that she needed to explain. Or it could be like one of those like times when you're about to have a fight and you can't stop it. So mm-hmm. like it's going to happen, just you got to choose if it's going to be over text or over your voice. Um, yeah. I would just be very, very cognizant of that and try to avoid having those over text because there's 93% opportunity for miscommunication. Yeah, I totally second that. I think if it's a delicate conversation, delicate, that's the word. (laughs) There's so many other options. You can call, you can FaceTime, you can actually meet up with the person. Or just wait until you're going to naturally see them again, too. And one thing that you can do in that text is say, and I've done that, I did this very recently. Someone asked me a really deep question, and I said, hey, do you mind if we talk about this on Tuesday when I see you in person? And it was fine. And so then we both met on Tuesday knowing that that conversation would happen. So I think that's a great piece of advice. Yes. My take home for people would be if you are – so two things. If you are receiving the text, as you mentioned a million times, try not to take it personally. Try to take it for what it is. If you know the person, you can interpret based on their style. So try to get to know someone's style. But a lot of this really comes down to the texter as well. So if you're the person texting, know that you might not be perceived the way that you are intending. So make sure to read back your message, especially if it's something important. If it's something like be there in five, not a big deal. But if it's something that you don't want to be misinterpreted, then read through your message trying to do so from a third person objective point of view or from the person who you know you're sending it to, how will they perceive this? And if something, if it feels like, hmm, she usually uses a lot more exclamation points. Maybe I should throw in one so that she knows that I'm not mad or something, little things like that. Try to take your message 
and use the other person's texting style to help inform the way that you're putting it out there so that they're less likely to misinterpret things. Or you can even be so explicit as to say, hey, I don't mean this in a blank way. I don't mean this in a nagging way, but just curious, have you had a chance to let the dog out yet? Something like that. Not saying like, did you let the dog out? Say, what? No, I've had a really busy day. When was I supposed to do that? And then a f- causing a fight, give the disclaimer in the beginning and be really explicit. I think that we've mentioned in the past in other episodes, often we under communicate, but I think over communicating in this case is the, is a great option. Mm-hmm. And these are things you wouldn't have to do in person, but over text it's necessary because there's so much room for misinterpretation. So also your mood definitely affects how you interpret texts. Like if I'm in a mm-hmm. bad mood, I'm going to interpret everyone being mean to me. So just another side. That, that's such an important point too, is that since people do have their lives going on, if like take Molly, for example, she was having a really hectic day yesterday had she responded to her friend about her house, she might have said something like, okay, cool, and not been super excited, whereas she waited till she was feeling better about everything and responded when she could actually feel that, share that joy with her friend. Mm-hmm. Very true. <sighs> and then, last point, and then we'll wrap things up, the last bit of take-home homework is if a munica- miscommunication does happen over text, you can have the conversation explain, hey, I think this came across the wrong way. I'm totally not blaming you for this. I realized that I was texting and you had every right to interpret my words as you wanted to, but this is actually the tone that I meant it in. And really not be afraid to talk about where the misinterpretation happened. Totally. Oh, goodness. So many different nuances for texting, but so, so important. Just wait till we do the emoji episode. Oh, gosh. (laughs) No, we didn't even touch on emojis today. I know. All right, friends. If you have any questions or would like to share with us thoughts that you have about texting styles, please feel free to reach out to us at lostartofcommunication at gmail.com. All right, guys. We love hearing from you. So send us your thoughts.